Choose your player. Hello, my name is Devin, and I have been obsessed with birds for about 18 months. The one word that sums up my obsession is passionate. Welcome to another episode of Your Nerdy Obsession, the podcast where we uncover people's obsessions and what makes them tick. I am Michael Owen Achenbach, as always, and today we have a very special guest that I have never met, but have met, and has been a part of my family, (laughs) extended family, for a good chunk of time. Um, uh, My uh, Sefi, who you all know who is on the follow-up episodes here, it is uh, her best friend, uh, Devin. Hello. Welcome. Hello. And I consider her more of a sister, really, at this point, so I suppose that makes you my brother. (laughs) Yeah, right? All right. A little family unit. I like that. That is totally. I'm the littlest brother. (laughs) Devin, thank you so much for doing this. Um, We'll get to the topic, but for my listeners, tell everyone who you are. Oh, well, <laughs> the deepest my name question. Is, the deepest question. Whoever. <laughs> my name is Devin, and I live in East Texas. I'm a sixth grade math teacher, um, and I love being outside, hiking and kayaking and birding. Birding. See, look at beautiful transition. That was wonderful. <laughs> uh, so we're going to talk about a subject that I, the only kind of connection I have to it that is not my everyday life is a movie that was called The Perfect Year starring Steve Martin, Jack Black, and Owen Wilson um, came out when I worked at a movie theater in college, which is why it's like stuck in my head. So we're talking about birds here, folks. And that movie was about three bird watchers trying to get like the perfect shot or trying to get all the birds. I can't remember, but it's so funny and worth the watch. But Devin Birds talk to me i live in a city of (laughs) pigeons so like i don't get much i saw a cardinal today which was a sign i was like oh look a special bird for this episode it's showing me (laughs) pigeons are actually amazing i used to think that they were just rats with legs but they're totally not um but with birding um i kind of got into it probably about a year and a half ish ago um i had started hiking and kayaking and those are my favorite outdoor activities um, and walking around in the woods, I started to notice, oh, there are things in the woods and they have wings and they sing and they're kind of pretty. I didn't pay too much attention until we moved to my new house, which is bordered on the back by woods. Um, and I started seeing all these cardinals. I thought, oh, cardinal, I like cardinals. Oh, this is cool. And then I started noticing other ones. And then I noticed that they have different songs. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what the deal is with that. And so I started reading and then it just kind of snowballed from there. 
I love that. What What do you think? The you, you, so you brought up kind of two points: the the color and the the songs. Mm-hmm. What was the thing that like drew you in first? Because like a cardinal, like a lot of birds, if you think of them, or at least from general knowledge, like you have like a cardinal or a blue jay. You have some very vibrant colors that are out there, but not too many. Like you'll have a robin, but overall a robin's black. You just have the chest, right? So. What, were you more attracted to like how these different species looked or were you more attracted to that sound first or was it like a co-mingling? Um, it was actually probably the sound more than anything because I would sit out back on my um, on my patio in the back and I'd hear these different songs and I would wonder how, why they were different and how it even happened anyway that they were singing. And, um, and then from there, I kind of started noticing like, you know, okay, so the cardinals are red, blue days are blue, but then I have these other ones that would show up and, oh, here's a pine warbler that's yellow and um, scarlet or summer tanagers, which are bright scarlet. And it's just, it, I just, I, I like to find them. It's like my husband and your sister make fun of me for this, but I tell them it's like real life Pokemon Go. <laughs> so, and they're every species, is a, every species exactly. is a bird. Yes. Yes. And actually we have a tracking system for it, yeah. believe it or not. What is it? Okay, so I should You're probably... so excited to talk about <laughs> no, this. I, I totally am. I love it. Um, okay, so what what started me on this is that I would listen to these sounds in the backyard. And I started thinking, wouldn't it be cool if there was a Shazam for bird sounds? And it turns out that there is, in fact, a Shazam for bird sounds. Awesome. And it is. it was created by the, um, the Cornell Lab, Ornithology Lab. Cornell is really big with the birds and they do the tracking and stuff. And so what they created is an app called Merlin. And what you can do with this app is you hit record and it will record the bird song for you and it'll identify the bird, which is absolutely amazing. Amazing and terrifying. Like. Right? <laughs> you don't always feel like, like it's a horrible bird, but like yeah. it, it'll, um, you can download packs that will uh, be specific to your area. And so it'll identify the right bird. The majority of the time, there's some glitches, but there's always glitches with stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, and so I started being able to recognize them. Um, and say, oh yeah, that's a tufted titmouse, or that's a that's a cardinal, that's a blue jay, um, and yeah. So that's that's how I got started with the, the sounds. No, themselves. I love I love that. How um how long did it take? You said you've only been really obsessed with this for for a little bit amount of time, like a couple years, right? The so how did you? dive in so fiercely for that sound like that Merlin thing sounds amazing like you just sit there and like play sounds to yourself or like how did you get get to this point where you're like oh I can tell this bird now (laughs) okay so um with the sounds what happened is is I started using it on my hikes and in East Texas we have a lot like it's the piney woods right and so we Mm -hmm. have a large variety of birds that'll hang out in the um in the woods And so I started taking it with me on my hikes and I would listen, oh, hey, there's one I'm not sure of what it is. And I'd turn on the Merlin, let it catch it. And oh, it's a white-eyed vireo or it's an indigo bunting or something. And so if you just listen to it enough, you start being, they start being recognizable. Now, to be fair, I've only been at it for like, again, a year and a half. And there's only a few that I can recognize because there's so many and they have calls and songs. And I heard one making a noise. I think it was a blue jay the other day making a noise I've never heard it make before. And so what is this? It's like, it's a blue jay. I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't sound like one. It's like, yes, it is. Um, It was a bizarre sound. But um, one night, I think it was last fall, I was outside with my dogs. And I I have a small, she's a chihuahua. She only weighs about nine pounds. 
And I started hearing this sound and straight up, I thought that there was somebody in my woods behind me, like pranking me, blowing a kazoo. And I was starting to get freaked out because it was like Halloween. And I'm like, what is this? And I thought, okay, no, I'm going to stick it on the Merlin. And when I did, it turned, it, I identified it immediately as a barred owl. And I couldn't see it, but it was telling me, oh, this is a barred owl. And I looked up barred owls because every time it would identify a sound, I thought, okay, I'm going to learn a little bit about this bird. It identified the barred owl and it's like, it will pick up small dogs. I thought, ah, get the baby inside. (laughs) (laughs) I'm taking credit for saving my chihuahua's life. And so my, I tell my husband to suck it every single time he makes fun of me for birds because I probably saved his favorite dog's life. So there you go. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> I got to pull up the sound that you got to hear the sound because legit, like you would think that somebody's pranking you too. I'm going to play <laughs> Please it for do. you. Please do. Yeah, I, I would love to hear that. Now I'm allowed to like geek out and nobody else wants to hear this. So guess I what want, you get to. I will gladly take all your geek dumbness. <laughs> now this is Cornell again. Um, this is from their... Um, their website and any kind of bird you want to learn about, they have every single, they actually have classes you can take in identifying bird song. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Okay. Let me just find the sound. Sorry. Can you hear that? Oh yeah. Not that. That's... Do you, it sounds like somebody's on a kazoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or just like, honestly, cause I can't hear like the buzziness, but it sounded like someone was like going, hoo, 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 hoo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's what, yeah. I was like, oh my God, somebody is in the backyard trying to like mess with me anyway. Yeah. So that's, that that's is... my barred owl story. <laughs> it, because of the location that you're in, have you, cause you're in Texas, yeah. your, uh, the amount of birds that you see are crazy compared to, I guess, here in Chicago. Like, I see kind of everyday kind of street birds and stuff like that. Do you do you notice when you're birding or when you're looking that these birds, um, how can I put this? You know, like, when you start to see something more and more because you just think about it? I know that there's a syndrome. It. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, you just, are you noticing that more different birds, like, are appearing because you're just more observant and the area is the same? Or are you seeking out those, those places to like see these birds and see that stuff? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Both. I love it. So for like, if, if I'm someplace um, like, okay, so I have a set of, a set of songbirds and, and things that will, you know, that come and go in my backyard. Like I've spent the last year observing them. So I have some that are in my backyard in the summer, some that come in the winter and then some that are here all year round. Um, but then I'll go different places. Like, for example, you, you know, you've got those birds that are always hanging out in the parking lot at Walmart. Yeah. I never paid any attention to those birds until I started learning about birds. And now I know what they are and I still hate them, but I know what they're called. Um, or like, so now I can hate them by name. <laughs> exactly. I hate them by name. They're beautiful birds, but I hate them. Um, or like I'll be sitting, you know, someplace, um, or driving by something and I wouldn't have paid attention to it before, but I'm like, wait a minute, what is that? I'll have to stop and take a look at it. And that's another thing you can do. I'm plugging the Merlin app, but that's another thing you can do on the Merlin app is um, you can identify by color and where it was found and stuff. And it'll give oh, you a cool. range of things that you can choose from as you, you can figure out what bird that is. So that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's been fun. Like um, I never would have paid attention to it before, but you know, now, Oh, I'm in the Lowe's parking lot and here's a house finch, you know? <laughs> yeah. What um, you mentioned, like classes you take and stuff like that. Are you just finding this information on your own, like Googling through that app in particular? Or have you taken any classes particularly surrounding birds? 
No, I want to. Um, yeah. I've been broke lately, oh, yeah. <laughs> but someday. Um, and actually, um, like just visual recognition classes, there's sound identification classes and just various knowledge things. But what I'd usually do is if I find something that's interesting to me, I'll just Google it. Like, for example, um, indigo buntings are common in my area um, during this. You're looking at me weird. <laughs> well, I'm like, it's just the name. It's like, <laughs> so any bird, first off to the listeners, any bird that you hear her name, you Google it yourself. We're not going to take the time to describe every <laughs> single one of these to you. Just want to let right, you they're know. Like, they're like tufted titmouse. What kind of a name <laughs> is that? Now people make fun of it and it's true. Like tufted titmouse, my husband laughs like a 12 year old every single yeah. time I say tufted titmouse. But with the indigo buntings, I love them. They're blue. They're so pretty. But I thought, oh, these are really interesting birds. And um, I finally got to see one and then one showed up in my backyard. But I Googled them and I learned that they navigate by starlight and they will they will fly across the entire Gulf of Mexico overnight navigating by the stars. Oh, my God. This tiny little blue bird. And they have such pretty little songs. I just love them. I haven't seen one because of. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But. <laughs> I have, I'm having problems. <laughs> but, Tell me what's going on. Oh my gosh. Okay. So like one of the outline questions that you sent was, have you ever hated this hobby? And oh, there has never been it, a time. Yes. There has never been a time I have hated it, but I am highly frustrated with it at the moment. Um, because, okay. So I thought, Ooh, okay. So we're going to get the birds and we're going to make the birds come to my backyard so I can watch the birds. And so I set up a big old shepherd's crook thing with all of these bird feeders on them. And that's been a learning curve because what I learned is that if you buy the cheap bird seed, the, the birds will kick out a lot of it because they don't eat part of it. <laughs> so it goes, so it's a waste of money. So anybody yeah. who's interested in birding, don't buy the cheap stuff, buy the no waste stuff. It's much better. Anyway, so what happened was, what had happened was, is what that- What happened was. <laughs> is that they're kicking all this junk on the ground and the, even the ground feeder birds will not eat this stuff. So, um, moles will. And so oh. now I have a mole problem in my oh backyard. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. And because right underneath I underneath where the bird. <laughs> yep. There are holes underneath where my bird feeder is, but it gets worse. You ready? Yep. <laughs> I have two dogs who think that they are wolves and have to throttle any single furry small thing that comes into my yard. So they're digging everywhere. The moles didn't create the holes. My dogs did. So, and the other problem that's come with this is that now my dogs have walked in the house with ticks on them because the moles bring in the ticks. So this has been an uphill battle and I'm having to reevaluate how I'm going to bird watch. Yeah, it's yeah. highly annoying. That so, cheap yeah. bird seed ended up being very expensive in the end. Yep. <laughs> yes. So a word of advice, don't, don't buy the cheap stuff. It seems like yeah. a good deal, but it's not. Half of it is filler. So good to know. Well, with, yeah. well, along the same lines, with with that connection and that story, what other things about birding are the things that you don't like? Like for me personally, let's be real. I like kayaking. I like being out. If it's too hot or if it's rainy and the weather's not perfect, I ain't gonna move from my couch. So <laughs> like it's like, but like you do you do you like what what are some other parts of the birding that are that are maybe a little more frustrating that people can expect maybe? Um. Okay. So and this is just my personal experience of course, so I, yes. can't, I can't you know talk <laughs> for anybody else um there are two things one thing is that you will be made fun of unless you were over a certain age level 
if you were in my age level, you will be made fun of. In fact, um, I went on a, a bird watching excursion with oh the local Audubon gosh, Society yes. uh, about a year ago. And my husband's first comment when I said I was going to go on this was, oh, is the nursing home bus going to pick you up? <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, I will regularly get made fun of by, you know, all kinds of people. Um, and and in, in that vein, actually, that trip was really amazing because I got to see a bunch of birds I hadn't been able to see. Like I got to see my first um, summer tanager, which was incredible. I have found, and I'm not sure that this is the case, so I've heard some some titter tatter about it is that there's kind of a gatekeeping with mm. birding um some of the people i met on that trip were were very friendly but some of them were not they were almost like it was kind of almost like a gatekeeping kind of feel and i felt kind of othered if that makes any sense yeah. now i don't know if that's because i was significantly younger than a lot of people on this trip yeah. um and so i wish that it was a bit more accessible and yeah. friendly in some ways maybe maybe so. it, it, it kind of suffers from one of those hobbies i think um uh, i actually just talked to a pair uh that their obsession is board games and the, in in there they talk about how the community is very gatekeeping and it stems i think a little bit from like dungeons and dragons and things like that where it's right. it's the hobby that's been so tight knit and where people went to find themselves, right? They, they already felt other someplace else. So they came and right. found who they are. So it's like, Oh, the, anyone else who wants to join in this and they aren't real people. But, but I agree with you. Like it, the world is going to just get better if we just keep opening and be accessible and stuff like that. So, and it's right. birds, people. Like, right. I know. I'm like, <laughs> they're everywhere. Seriously. Yeah. But the nice thing about it is if you want to get into it, there's just so much free information mm -hmm. and it's yeah. quality, amazing stuff. So there's just so much out there. Well, so you can do it by yourself, of, which is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of information, uh, true or not. So you know that there's this, you know, what would I say, uh, political uh, uh, movement around the nation that birds aren't real, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to hear your stance on this movement. <laughs> um, okay, so my my 14-year-old son likes to tell me that birds are not real. Yes. Um, I, I have tried to convince him that birds are, in fact, real. He just has to go to his backyard and, and look at them. <laughs> Um, he says, no, that they're robots set by the government. Mm -hmm. And actually, for a moment there, I was starting to wonder that myself because I had been looking for a pileated woodpecker forever and seeing pictures of this beautiful bird that everybody had taken in their backyard in the woods. I'm like, nope, this has got to be a plant by Disney or the government, some kind of like animatronic robot in the woods for some reason. But then I finally saw one. So they are, in fact, real. But no, as <laughs> I, am, I am no expert. But I do think I can say with at least 99.9% .9 positivity that birds are, in fact, real. So anybody who's still doubting, a chance. There's, there's always a chance. There's always a chance that they may not be. For those of people who don't know that birds aren't real, there is this stance going around the nation that is slightly real, slightly just for funs of <laughs> birds aren't real. Look it up. You'll have a good time. It's a good scroll hole. But we're not <laughs> talking about that. Um, for you kind of mentioned it a little bit, Merlin, I'm assuming is, is Merlin free to download? Yes. Yeah. So we talked about so free to download for that and this information that you can kind of get for free and not spend a lot of money on it however you did mention you went on a trip and stuff like that what have you done
on that you have spent money on that that is connected to birds we don't need to talk about numbers but like what is that kind of what what have you done to spend money on birds well <laughs> you a can like question for right not a good payoff michael <laughs> no, <it's okay. laughs> um you can you can go cheap on birding or you can go like not cheap on birding like that trip i was on a lot of those people are also photographers and they've got like these am i allowed to cuss yeah Okay, these fancy ass cameras with these giant freaking like telephoto lenses and shit. And I'm up in there with these little bitty binoculars I got from Walmart because I didn't know any better at the time. Um, I'm sure they were probably like one idiot. Anyway, uh, but as far as you were very much the new girl in the school, that's what it felt like I I met. So the new girl. And I was like the mosquito bait. Like that's what they ended up calling me was mosquito bait. I don't know oh, why. No. Anyway. See, that's why I felt other. Anyhow, um, but like all all together, I haven't spent a ton of money. Um, I've uh I finally bought myself a good pair of binoculars. Um, and I I've had to spend a little bit of money on things like wildlife passes so I could go to the places that are more mm. protected to see them. Um, mostly what I've spent my money on has been freaking birdseed. Um, and <laughs> bird feeders of various, uh, various types and, um, sugar for the hummingbirds and yeah. What and so the... it's not, Go it's on. not a no, super no. expensive hobby, but like, like I said, all the information is free, which is nice, but, um, they've got super fancy bird feeders and super not fancy bird feeders. If you want to go cheap, actually Dollar Tree has, um, which is like dollar 25 tree or whatever it is now, mm-hmm. uh, has <laughs> cheap hummingbird feeders that are just as good as anything else you can get. So Um, those bird sanctuaries, I bet that's gorgeous. Or like those places, like, is it just like hiking trails or what is it like? Um, Okay. So in Texas, we have, I I don't know if they have this in other states, but they have wildlife management areas. Um, You can go and walk. Okay. Yeah. You can Mm -hmm. go walk through them, but they're not as like clean and maintained as like the state parks per se. So um, I've been to one of the wildlife management areas and you can drive through it. It's just heavy, very dense, um, you know, foliage and forestation. And but you can see a lot of stuff there that you can't ordinarily see, especially during the migration season. Um, when a lot of those like the rarer birds are sighted because they'll pass through, but they don't stay, you know, um, like, for example, like a cedar waxwing. They don't live around here, but they'll come down here for the winter. I have been trying so hard to see a dang cedar waxwing. And I think this winter I'm going to just try to go back to that wildlife management area and see if I can see one. It's crazy. So I love that this like this seems to be like in your day to day because like the seasons change or like you said, the migration and stuff. You're like, oh, this bird's going to be around. I need to keep my eyes (laughs) out or like my my ears out to listen to it. Right. Well, and again, that's another thing. Uh, uh, Again, I'm plugging the Merlin out. You're welcome, Cornell. Cornell. Uh, ornithology lab but um they uh another thing that they'll do is they'll identify the birds that are in your area at the time um and so you know it'll tell you okay well this is what's here during the winter and so you might be able to see one of these if you're Mm. lucky so Mm -hmm. nice um we've we've been talking about it a little bit and how people have made fun of you uh for for this this obsession which shame on them anyone that makes right? fun of obsession shame on you all yeah d- you need to tell your sister that <laughs> you hear that she has to listen to these she does the follow-ups mm-hmm. shame on you Sefi. shame shame <laughs> <laughs> but when do you um, reveal this like to a friend or to like a significant other? When does this like come up? Whoa, sorry. When does this like 
come up to be like, oh, they're birds, or do you just like sit down at a cafe, you notice a bird, and then you just die a tribe on that bird? Okay, so <laughs> I'm one of those people that I'm not embarrassed by anything. Love it. Love and it. so um, I haven't really, like, I don't know, it just kind of comes up in conversation. Like, for example, I'll be sitting there, you know, we're at dinner, and I see a bird. Oh, wow. Hey, look at that. That's a Carolina chickadee or whatever. Um, and so it just got in there like, what's the matter with you? But um, I went on a hiking trip to Utah with one of my friends last November. And I told her, I was like, girl, if I go with you, you just got to understand, I'm going to stop and look at these birds. And she's like, I don't care. And she was so cool about it. Like, yes. uh, and she has a hearing impairment, so she can't hear them the way that I do. So I'll randomly stop and start getting out <laughs> my binoculars. And she'll just be like, okay. And she'll just stand there. She's <laughs> so cool about it. She's the best. I um, love it. But, uh, like, I just, I mean, a lot of my friends know, um, the only ones that make fun of me are your sister and my husband. Um, <laughs> the ones that even, are closest. <laughs> exactly. Though, I mean, like, like I said, I don't get embarrassed. So I don't really care if they want to call me the bird girl. I mean, I don't care. I like birds. So. <laughs> I like that it just comes up. I love unapologetically obsessions because like, why you like, especially like you've been talking about this whole time. Like you just love gathering this knowledge or like learning this information, right? This free information that you keep finding and why not share it? Like, yeah, it's going to be stuck in my head for my enjoyment. I want everyone to enjoy this. Exactly. (laughs) And that's like, I'll just throw out facts that I learned and I'm sure that, you know, Nobody cares that Indigo Martins navigate by starlight, but I think it's amazing. So that is really cool, actually, because that is like, let's think about that. Let's break it down. All right. They navigate by starlight. Who else navigated by starlight? Men when we first learned how to travel on boats and ships. So you know what? Birds are teaching us how to navigate. You know, if there we didn't have birds, there we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, what's the next one I got? Oh, um, with the, where do you kind of find this information? Like, do you just Google birds and like see what comes up? Do you look for specific? Um, do you start like with the app, find that bird name, then go back, or how do you, how does how do you like dissect where you get the information? Um, I kind of well, I kind of do both really. Um, if a if a bird's identified for me on Merlin, um, you can click on it and it'll take you to that website for um, Cornell. Um, that's my favorite one just because I feel like it's the best researched and stuff. But um, on occasion, I will look for other information. Like, for example, um, I was reading a book um, that was given to me by that same friend who I dragged through Utah listening to birds. Um, it's called The Thing with Feathers by Noah Stryker, I think is how you say his name. He's a big like bird researcher guy. And there's a chapter in his book about starlings. Um, and starlings are weird like they're an invasive species um they're very pretty i don't like them but they're pretty um but i i thought okay he's talking in the book about how they will form a cloud and i cannot remember i think it's not a charm of starlings it's a something of starlings i can't remember what but it was a really neat name and so i looked it up on youtube to see what this looked like and if you ever want to see a big old cloud of starlings they move as one and it is incredible to watch. And there's all these different videos on YouTube. And so YouTube's a really great source of information too, especially for birds that, you know, don't live in your area that you don't have um, uh, acquaintances with. Um, another place I like to get info is we went to, for example, like the Dallas World Aquarium, which is an open like aquarium slash zoo. And they have all different kinds of birds in there. Um, and here's another fun name. There was one I really liked that's called the Cock of the Rock. 
Yes. <laughs> it's, it's a big old orange bird. It's very unique looking. And so I learned, you know, they've got, that's not exactly free information, but you can look them up and things. I was trying to use my Merlin app in there and it wasn't working because it's set for my area, not for the uh, rainforest. Of but course, come yeah, on. Yeah, of course. Merlin's I should have downloaded location. Right? <laughs> Download the pack immediately for where I am. You should know I'm in the aquarium. Um, but yeah, basically really just the best sources of information, in my opinion, are the Cornell websites and YouTube, if you want to get a good look at things. And so, and I'll also like, if there's a bird I'm not sure about, um, and Merlin can identify it, what I'll do is I'll take my best guess and then look for, um, like I'll Google like a juvenile, whatever. Like the other day, um, I saw one that I wasn't sure what it was and I thought maybe it's a juvenile mockingbird. And so I, uh, I Googled it and was able to identify it. So look at just you. look at the pictures. I love that. Um, uh, when, um, do you have like Merlin, I guess is kind of this thing, but do you have like a specific item when it comes to bring, like, if you told me that like, Oh, well, let's go birding. I think I would do exactly what you said. Like you did on the excursion. I would bring just binoculars that I had in my house. I wouldn't think of anything else since you've yeah. started this like birding obsession and stuff. Do you have a specific item now that you're like, Oh, this is my birding item. Uh, the two things that I carry are my phone and my better binoculars that I bought from Amazon. And you don't have to go super nuts with them on the, the binoculars. You don't want a $10 pair from Walmart. But um, I spent about, I want to say maybe $70 on my binoculars. And I just looked for a pair that was really, really well rated. And they've been perfect for me. Um, I'm sure like if I was like a more intensive birder, I would probably get like much, much better ones. But I mean, I like I said, a lot of people say this is a geriatric hobby because they have time for it. And I don't have like <laughs> time as much as I wish I could. Um, but yeah, the binoculars and my phone for sure. Those are my two tools that I carry with me. Nice. Yeah. Cool. I like that. Uh, uh, um, you also, though, have a backyard, like you said, yes. with the force. So that's like where you probably spend a lot of your time, right? Just looking at, mm-hmm. the, at, at what's out there. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, what is an accomplishment or like the furthest like so far you've gone with birding was it that excursion or did you like see a bird that you thought you'd never be able to see like what is that biggest accomplishment that you've had i have so far th- i have three of them if that's oh, okay yes i love it <laughs> um Do the it. first one because i felt so weird after that excursion i still want to go back because like i said i don't get embarrassed i don't care um at some at some point i'm gonna go back but um one that i did it occurred to me last summer i was like well i could just combine this with my other hobbies so i got on my kayak and I went out into the deep East Texas woods and I was able to find a Northern Perula, which was very exciting. I couldn't see it super great because it was against the sky and it's hard to identify their colors when it's like that. Um, but I was able to identify it with the app and I did see a glimpse of it. And that was something I was really trying to see last summer because they're not here all the time. Um, so I was very proud of myself. I'm in the middle of the lake looking up at this thing, you know, and I'm sure people are like, what is the matter with her? Um, <laughs> no, so they were gonna... like, oh, look, there's a birder. That's what exactly. they were saying. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They probably were like, look at that nerd out there. Um, so that was my first one. And then also last summer I went hiking. I haven't been able to do much this summer because I had surgery, but Last summer, I went hiking in uh, Fort Worth um, in their nature preserve. And that was a different experience because um, in East Texas, we're we're called the Piney Woods out here. And so we have huge, like I'm talking giant uh, pine trees. And so sometimes it's difficult to bird because the birds are so far up. Um, but it's a different environment over there. And so the, the trees are much farther down. So you can see a lot of things a lot better. 
And so, you know, that was where I spotted a summer tanager on my own. Um, and I found a whole bunch of uh, species I had never been able to see just in that one trip because the birds were so dense. And that oh, was really awesome. great. Um, and then my third one, I said I had a third one and I can't remember what it is. Oh, the pileated woodpecker. That's where I was floating along on the lake and I saw that dang pileated woodpecker and was able to confirm it was not in fact an animatronic robot. I love So that, that everybody had seen but me. I love that. I, I'm laughing only because I need to make this a podcast visual because your face, how excited <laughs> you got. Like every time you've said a bird name so perfectly, you are so excited. And it's it just, it's <laughs> infectious. It's infectious. It's beautiful. So um, you mentioned it at the beginning um, and I told you before we recorded too. So this episode is coming out around Halloween. <laughs> all right. So tell me a little bit about sorry, your connection to birds is with sound, right? And you heard them first and that intrigued you. Yes. That's what you said. So I'm, I'm curious, like you, you mentioned that owl sound as well. Is there any kind of bird out there or thing that it's like creepy or like, or Halloweeny or like a memory that you have with birds? And Oh yeah. Um, last <laughs> your, summer. Again, your face. I love it. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, or not last summer, last, um, I think it was last fall again, around about the time of the barred owl scariness. Um, there's another bird called the night jar that I don't think is in our area all the time. And we were sitting outside and that was another one that was like kind of spooky sounding. Um, in addition, of course, crows. And I could go on about crows forever. Like I'm trying to befriend the crows in my backyard right now. Um, crows, they just, to me, they automatically sound creepy. Like that's the sound of Halloween to me is crows. Right. Um, and then also there's another bird. I haven't seen them around here lately. I know that they're here all the time, but I think they may have abandoned my backyard because I st they're ground feeders and there's no more seed on the ground. ground yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, but they're called morning doves and they're, they're common everywhere, but they make this sound and they're, they're not morning as in sunshine. Good morning, morning. They're morning as in sadness. And they just make the saddest sound. And so it's not exactly spooky, but it's melancholy. And I can always identify those because they're very unique. So I don't, I don't need to see them to be able to identify them. But yeah, um, but crows for sure. So I'm trying to draw more of them to my backyard this year. So. Crows are so interesting. I, I will say not a lot of the trivia has crow information because there's a lot of crow information out there. Well, that's there. too bad because I love crows. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, like you were saying, like this information overload of the amount, like even just researching for the for the ner nerdy knowledge section, I was learning about birds that I had no idea like some of these birds were capable of or or the way that birds have evolved to oh, yeah. be able to sustain themselves is insane. And it's just, I've never thought of it before. Cause like, again, I see pigeons and that's normally what I see on a daily basis. Like that's it. So well, I will say about the, um, the evolution thing, that's actually another thing that really drew me to birding. Cause I used to teach fifth grade science. And in Texas, one of the big things about fifth grade science is, um, uh, you know, camouflage and mimicry and these evolutional adaptations. Mm that birds have. And so I'm looking around the piney woods in East Texas and thinking it's brown and green. Why is this cardinal red? Or it's same thing with the pine warblers that are bright yellow or the prothodotary warblers, bright yellow. That's another one I really wanted to see this summer and I'm not sure I'm going to get to. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, or like even blue jays and stuff. So how, yeah. how do they survive if they're not blending in? And so I've done a lot of, you know, reading on it, um, trying to figure out how that this is evolutionarily 
advantageous. I think it has to do with breeding more than anything else because they get preyed on by everything. But anyway. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I got one question and then we're going to one last question. Then we're going to dive into the nerdy knowledge. So okay. that question is so un well, uh, so you died. I'm so sorry to tell you. <laughs> oh, um, no. And um, because we're so close and I'm in Chicago and you're Texas, they asked me to come down there to go through your personal belongings because no one else that is in Texas, you know, could do it. Right. So, so as I come there, I look through your personal stuff. I find this like secret compartment and, and there's like this like perfectly etched bird picture on the secret compartment door and <laughs> I open it up and then there's this beautiful box and, and their note and on the note it says, whatever is in this box represents my obsession. What's in the box? A whole bunch of freaking feathers, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> because <laughs> feathers are illegal to keep. You are not allowed to keep feathers. Really? It is against the law. Like even pigeon feathers? Like feathers, period? Yeah. I'm not sure about pigeons, because like I said, a lot of people consider them rats on legs. But I mean, <laughs> for most birds, you are not allowed to keep feathers. Huh. Um, and it's it's a... I think it's a federal law about protection of, oh, also you can't keep nests, but that's a side note. But yeah, so my secret compartment would be full of random bird feathers that I had picked up and kept because forget you, federal law. <laughs> I love that. It's such a weird law to have. I know. I'm like, like, it's a blue jay feather, man. Come on. Well, and <laughs> yeah. like also, also like it's not, it, they fall off just like hair sometimes. Exactly. Like it's not like they are always like plucked. Like it's mm -hmm. not like, <laughs> huh. mm -hmm. that is an interest. I love that. Is there any feather in particular or fat like that you would like to have in there? Like that you like any, anyone, even oh. if it hasn't happened yet, you're just like, Oh, I want to have this feather. Okay. There's a lot. I would <laughs> All of really these feathers like... would be humanely gathered. Just to let people know. It just been, the, the crows would have brought them to me. <laughs> um, blue jay feathers, because blue jay feathers are not actually blue. They're brown, and it has to do with the light reflecting. Oh, so just like bonkers. to figure that out, like, like yeah, look at the I, I've stared and stared at them. I didn't keep it though, because that would be against the law. Um, but I've stared at them, tried to figure out, and I've tried to read about the physics. It doesn't make any sense to me, whatever. Yeah, right. But um, I wouldn't mind having like um, some of the the warbler feathers. Um, because a lot of the warblers are yellow, but there's so many different kinds of warblers. I don't know. I love warblers. All right. Yeah. The yellow ones, especially like the pine warblers around here. They have such a shimmery call. Like it sounds like a shimmer. Mm. And I just love hearing them because I was like, oh, pine warbler. Anyway, I'm going off again. Ah, no, I love it. That's what the I want. The feathers are cool, too, because they have spots. Oh, you shouldn't ask this question. Uh, <laughs> you're the one that said feathers. <laughs> yeah, there would be all kinds of feathers. And one of those cock of the rock feathers, because it was bright orange. He'd be in there, too. I love that. So. Ah, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much. But now we're going to test your knowledge with oh, okay. nerdy knowledge. Okay, I make no promises here. Since, like I said, this is coming out around Halloween, all of these questions are the spooky, ooky facts of birds. And let me tell you what, this. I need to tell you that birds are terrifying creatures after are. I read these. There are some interesting uh, questions here. All right, so you have 10 possible points. There are also okay. 10 questions. And if you know more information than what I give, please, you might get bonus points. So, like, oh, feel, okay, feel, good. Um, like feel good, feel good. All right, so the first question. 
The Hood Mockingbird and Vampire Finch have a very specific diet. What do they both feast on? Hood Mockingbird and Vampire Finch. I have never heard of either of these. Vampire makes me think blood? Is that your final answer? I mean, I've never... Okay, I'm going to look it up because now I'm intrigued. But sure, let's go with blood. You are correct. So they both feast on other birds' blood. The hooded or the hood mockingbird is found in places like Galapagos Island and has a sharp tip beak that pierces the skin of other birds and drinks their blood. The vampire finch, this one's intense, grabs onto its host and uses its sharp beak to drink the host's blood as the, since the vampire finch is so small and light its grip is so impossible to shake off i just googled a picture of that oh yeah they're intense (laughs) holy crap it just looks like a regular finch that you'd buy at the Mm -hmm. pet store oh yeah (laughs) wow okay so i just learned a thing thank you oh you might learn a lot then (laughs) because i love this all right well look at you get a point yes i mean it was really hard to deduce so i don't know what you're talking about these are difficult trivia questions Uh, the next one, similar to the cuckoo, the honey guide lays eggs in other birds' nests. Ooh, However, okay. honey guide chicks do one thing when they start to hatch. What do they do? They probably eat the other ones. They 100% eat the other ones. Now, I know a thing about this. This is called parasitic nesting, I think is the term for it. And we actually have birds in East Texas that do this. Cowbirds will do this. Cowbirds will lay their eggs in other birds' nests and take the other eggs. And then you've got a cardinal or a like a little bitty Carolina wren raising a giant ass cowbird. Yeah. And they're like, why is my baby so big? Because <laughs> yeah, they don't know the difference. Like they're just nope. like, it's the egg that hatched. So mm-hmm. the 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 verbatim that this gave was intense. It says, these chicks are born with a specialized beak supporting spikes at the or sporting spikes at the tip. When the baby honey guide finds other babies in the nest, it goes about systematically and violently killing them with a specialized beak. It stabs, chews, shakes, does not stop until every victim has stopped moving, and it kills all the other chicks, and then the the spike part of their beak just falls off. That's it. Look that's, at that evolutionary adaptation. That's amazing. I, that is insane to me when I found that out. Bonkers. All right. See, Next. there's there's a dark side of birds. Yeah, we're there's all of these. <laughs> all right, two points, two for two. Get it? All right. Once. The shriek kills its prey by using its curved beak to strike a blow. It picks up the body and does what? Does it shake it? It does not. So this one's crazy. Shrieks take the body, find a thorny tree, barbed wire, anything spiky, and impale their prey on there. And they do this while the victim is alive or while the victim is dead. And they do it with lizards a lot of times uh, is what they what it says here. That's kind of their their main thing. But it's because they're so like their size, they can't hold on and eat. So they have they literally it's an, oh it's yeah, it's, a, it's a, an evolutionary or a re, like a reason, whatever you want to call that. Right. Like they just they spike it and then they eat it and that's it. <laughs> Wow. Insane. I've, I've never heard of a shriek. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah, S-H-R-I-K-E. Oh, sh- oh is it Shrike? Is it I Shrike? Those were, you know, I thought it was pronounced Shrike, but I really don't know. 
Shriek or Shrike, yes, one of those two. Oh, Steffi, you need to research that. Yes. <laughs> oh, they are little bitty things too. Wow, yeah, they're that's tiny. Like, that's heck of metal. I know, right? I oh, just would oh, like. And they're. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting you, and I don't go mean for it. to. Go, but go, I just go, got go, really go. They're um. It's derived. Their their genus name is derived from the Latin word for butcher. Ooh. <laughs> That is awesome. I didn't notice that. That Oh, you that get a bonus point. You get a bonus point for that. That's yes! just because you just found that. Love it. All right. Next question. The Skua, S-K-U-A, love to find birds that have just eaten and annoy them. When does the Skua stop annoying the birds? Um, wow. <laughs> um, when they're done eating? I don't know. What specifically might happen? Um, I am, this could go so many ways. Just take a stab. Oh, when, when, okay, this is going to be gross. When they poop, I don't know. Oh, so close. So close. When they throw up. So the skua sees a bird that's just like, oh, I'm eating, or or they're eating, uh, waits till they finish, annoys them, annoys them, annoys them, they throw up, and then the skua will eat their throw up as a way to survive. They do this if if food is scarce, and this is 95% of the diet in the wintertime is from other birds' vomit. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. I know. I'm not doing very well, am I? So gross. You you got three points. Calm down. (laughs) Points don't matter. Uh, all right, next one. An Australian native, the Bassian thrush, has a very unique way of hunting for its favorite food, worms. What do the Bassian thrust, or how do the Bassian thrusts get worms out of their hole? So it's a ground feeder. The only ground feed, well, we have a couple ground feeders in East Texas, but the one I'm thinking of specifically that eat worms is robins, but robins will just go around pecking for them. So they're probably it's Australian, so it's going to be a nightmare. Whatever it is, what do what do, what do robins do? They just go for it. Yeah, they just robins will just peck at the ground. Um, they're not feeder birds, but I haven't seen them do anything. How would how would a bird tempt a worm out of a hole? It's a great question. Or force a worm out of the hole? Tempt, force. There's two different ways. Okay, so here's here's my crazy guess. Love it. Either they poke at the other end of the hole until they come out, or they tempt them out with something. Ooh. Neither are right. I can't give you a point for that. <laughs> they fart in the wormholes. Oh, my God. <laughs> with both the vibration and gas, the fart startles the worm and pushes itself into motion. The smell is so deadly that the worm will come out of its hole, and then the thrust will sn- snap up its fries with its long beak and munch away. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay, so going back to evolution again, which was the first one of those that figured that out? Yeah, right. And then that was the one that lived because it was getting the worms and was able yes. to reproduce. Yeah, and then you know you know that their farts are probably more deadly now than they were when it first started because you yep. evolution. <laughs> That's bonkers. I love this. I'm learning so much. I know, I know. That fact was so stupid. I just like, really? Uh, All right. Ah, here we go. Here's the crows. A research conducted at the University of Washington in 2008 proved that crows are able to recognize faces and hold grudges. In the study, the scientists that trapped crows were masked. 
After letting the crows go, the researchers would walk around the campus in the mask. The crows responded by circling and vocally scolding their suspected abuser. What mask did the scientist wear? I remember reading about this study because it was one of the things that got me interested in crows. And for the life of me, I cannot remember what the mask was. Take a guess. I do remember it, I do remember it was a mask. It was. Uh, oh, crap. I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. Donald Trump mask. Oh, it would have been worth it. I mean, kind of. It's a caveman mask. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> it was a caveman mask. That I love that. And crows are intense. Like you oh said, like crows can hold grudges. They are, they are so intelligent. Like crow they use crows. tools, too. Yeah, yeah. And make sure you, like, people, I don't know, think know if a huge difference between crows versus blackbirds versus... Because, you know, like, I guess magpies and jays, they're all in the same family. They're all kind of the same family. They look similar as well. But crows are intense, Mm y'all. Oh, ducks will do the same thing to both males and females during mating seasons. What possible kinky thing do they do to both sexes? Okay, so duck mating freaks me out, and so I have not read up much on this. Terrifying. Uh, this question was, I had I had three different iterations of this because of how terrifying their mating is. The, okay, so here's the only thing I know about duck mating, and I don't read up too much on ducks, I like songbirds better, but... um. Uh, okay, so here's what I know about duck mating. I think that they have corkscrew penises. Correct. Which is bonkers. But I also know that some ducks will play dead to avoid getting mated with. Also correct. <laughs> um, but in response to the question, I have no idea. Uh, I'm scared to I'm scared to even uh, guess. Well, I'm going to give you a bonus point because of those two facts as well. So Thank ducks you. have corkscrew penises and the female ducks also, their insides are also corkscrew. So they're made to fit, right? Right. Um, however, if you can imagine how a corkscrew penis would work, it, it probably is hard <laughs> to get in a corkscrew hole, right? <laughs> Without physically moving your body. So ducks, when the mating season is happening, if another male is trying to flirt with their female, will go after them and do this. But nine times out of ten, it will be a female being aggressively (laughs) fucked and then drowned because the duck will hold them underwater to make sure they can (laughs) mate with them properly. And by hold them underwater, I mean one foot on the back of the neck of oh the bird holding it underwater. It is I deserve five bonus points for that. Horrible. <laughs> it is ducks are horrible mating creatures. Ducks are the worst. <laughs> I do not like ducks. I do not like them. I can't tell you what a duck is. No ducks. It, no. That is that was that was a rough one to read. Like it, it yeah, I have yeah, yeah. Ducks. Moving on. I'm giving you a bonus point for that, so no worries. Thank you. I feel You're I welcome. deserve one. Uh, you do. Um Uh, Secretary birds like Mm. to swallow their meals whole after they make them immobile by doing what? Oh, I know this. Secretary birds have really long eyelashes. Don't they peck them in the head? Or am I thinking of something else? I give it to you. They stomp or hit them to death. So they okay. might peck them in the head, but the secretary birds in particular, they, they'd stomp because they do have long feet or long, long legs or something like that okay, too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you get a point for that. No worries. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, but so they make them completely mobile and then swallow them completely whole, which... 
in Australia, in August of 2019, a 76-year-old woman was doing her morning chores and bled to death from what kind of bird attack? I bet it was an owl. Ooh, no, a chicken. <laughs> Chickens aren't birds. I refuse to acknowledge a chicken as a bird. Apparently the chicken punctured the varicose vein and hemorrhaged on this poor woman. Oh my God. <laughs> That's <know>. horrifying. <laughs> Welcome Ugh. to Halloween nerdy trivia with birds. Yes. <laughs> um, hey, speaking right. of Halloween, can I interject yes, something? Yes. Really quick? Okay. So if anybody has seen um, HBO's The Staircase, which was a reenactment and like the whole story of like a very crazy murder trial. One of the theories, and this is the one that I go with is that it was actually a barred owl that killed her. That's and awesome. so that's super Halloweeny. If you're looking for bird Halloweeny stuff, I am dead ass convinced that a bird killed that. It was a barred owl who killed that woman. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I went with owl. Ah, I love it. Owls are so, intense. They're sneaky. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. This is the last question. You have six points out of ten. So you're oh, good. Fine. I'm glad you're yeah, counting. You're yeah, I got I'm, it. I got feeling. it. Six out of ten is a D. <laughs> no, yeah, it's, it's fine. Uh, okay. What is known as the world's most dangerous bird? Hummingbird. Ooh, interesting. Why? Okay, those mofo's are aggressive AF. Like. <laughs> They are the worst. I could see them being considered the, the deadliest bird just because they like go after each other so bad. But um, oh, do they just go like after food with each other? Like, what do you mean? Like aggressive? Well, like, do they just like they oh, and I, I, I know that there's a section where I get to geek out for a second, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be next. Okay, I'll right. get into it then. <laughs> if that's okay. okay. Yeah, of course. But if it's not uh, a hummingbird, my guess would be most dangerous bird. Like, are they including raptors like birds of prey too? Yes. Okay. Um, got a snowy owl. No, so this Dang was kind it. of a kind of a trick question. I didn't expect you to get this one, but it's called the cassowary. So raptor birds. Oh, yeah. it, it, it looks like a ostrich em, emu type creature, except it looks the face is legitimately dinosaur. Yes. And the, the 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 this bird can weigh up to two hundred pounds, and its claws are deadly my um, my 14 year old introduced me to these yes yes yeah, yeah 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 um well great job you got six out of ten you know but points yeah. don't really matter you're fine okay now if these had been songbird questions i would have done much better. <laughs> true i was like you've already established your knowledge with the names that you're dropping <laughs> left and right so but let's get more into that with the last section which is talk nerdy to me <laughs> So my first one is the top three. Tell me your top favorites, your top three favorite birds. I love hummingbirds so much. I'll tell you why. Because I, I was listening to a bird podcast because I'm a nerd and that's what I do. And <laughs> yes, the nursing home bus will pick me up later, um, <laughs> according to my husband. But I, I heard hummingbirds described as unrepentant SOBs. And they are. They are awful. They are the worst. They are so pretty. And they seem so innocent, but they are not. They And there's a reason for it. It's not because they're just bastards, because they can be. It's because, um, according to that the, the Thing with Feathers book that I talked about, um, there's a whole section on hummingbirds. And it talks about how, you know, like pound for pound, they're using the most calories of any bird. Um, mm. And so when they find a food source, they aggressively defend it. Um, and I, I'll sit outside. I'm not doing it this summer because, again, I had surgery, so I haven't been able to keep up with it. But I'll sit outside and watch my hummingbirds at their feeders. And if one comes up, 
even if he's not at the feeder, I have a hummingbird that will chase everybody off and he'll chase them and then come back. That's and I'm like, insane. you're using more calories chasing them off. But this bird is dead set on defending this food source. Hmm. Um, the other thing I love about hummingbirds, and this is why, is that in Aztec lore, um, the god of, you're laughing at me. No, god- I, 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 this is my excitement face. I love when people are so passionate about it. Like um, your, your, your energy, it's beautiful. I love this. Keep telling I, I me this information. And legit. <laughs> legit i i half want to get a hummingbird tattoo because of this but um hummingbirds um are the god of war in aztec um mythology is depicted as either an eagle or a hummingbird and um i cannot say the name um i'm not even going to try to butcher it Sefi or rachel you got to figure that one out (laughs) there you go um one uh part of the lore for this is that when somebody when a warrior dies in battle or when a woman dies in childbirth they spend four years with this God and then they're reincarnated as a hummingbird and which I absolutely love. And I can see why um, the Aztecs looked at these birds. Now the hummingbirds down there are a little bit bigger than the ones we have, at least in my area. Um, But they are so freaking bellicose. And so you can see why they would be the God of war Mm. because they are, they are not freaking backing down from a fight. And there's some species of these that live year round. Now we don't have year round hummingbirds in East Texas where it's, we actually have nice summer or nice winters, but up in Washington, there's a species and they have snow and they're eating nectar in snow. These tiny ass birds. (laughs) I don't understand why they don't migrate, but they sure as hell don't. They they stay there. I freaking love hummingbirds. They're amazing. That's so so cool. Also on a, on a side tangent, I just want to say the, the Aztecs belief that the death of a warrior and the death of a woman in childbirth have the same uh, status. We're just going to, we're just going to let that one drop into everyone's brain for a little bit Uh and we can move. (laughs) Isn't that about, I love it. I need a hummingbird tattoo so bad. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, So that's my, that's my hummingbird. Love that. What are your, what are your, other two. What are the other two uh, Okay. So I thought so long and hard about this. And there's just so many things. Now I got to go off about crows. Okay. So I grew up in Alaska and we have ravens up there. Now ravens are big ass birds, but they're the same intelligence level as crows, right? Crows are part of a family called corvids and corvids are spooky, spooky smart. They're one of the only birds that know how to use tools um, because that's like that's like a high level adaptation, right? So they'll use a stick or whatever to get what they want. And so one of my recent obsessions has been, and it was a summer project, or it was supposed to be for me, is that I was going to befriend the crows. And so I've there's a whole section on TikTok that's befriend the crows TikTok. And so I've been following that. And so I built myself a little platform and they'll eat just about anything. So I put, they said they like dog food. I put some dog food out there with some shiny objects and the shiny objects are gone. Oh my gosh! Yes. Now, unless unless a squirrel picked them up, which is possible, mm-hmm. it may have been the crows. And so I'm going to go replenish it and keep putting out shiny objects. Now, the point in me doing this is that I want my own crow army that will do my bidding <laughs> and bring me shiny <laughs> objects because they are insane. They're so smart, and I've also heard where they will defend. Um, there, I think it was on TikTok that um, this lady had a a goat farm or something and she managed to befriend her crows her crows her crows will defend the goats from other things that's amazing which is amazing oh my god they're amazing they just kind of um, attach attach to whoever's i don't know working or being with them it's like a yeah. family you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's crazy yeah and they'll defend them they'll bring gifts and stuff and i just think that that's the coolest thing and what a connection to have to nature yeah that's uh, amazing 
Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think oh, I could go on about this for hours, and actually, it's been really <laughs> cool to talk about this because nobody listened it. to me. I love um, it. <laughs> Like there's just all these little interesting facts, like the thing about the indigo buntings with the starlight or the um, like homing pigeons, which are insane. Like there's a whole thing about homing pigeons anyway, or the starlings that'll go in a cloud. Um, It's really hard to pick just one last thing. But one thing I think is really cool that I learned is that, especially since I've I've studied a lot more about songbirds than I have about anything else. But um, there's another book I'd like to recommend if that's okay. But it's called The Singing Life of Birds by Donald Krudsma. And it's huge. So I haven't gotten way too far about it. But it's talking about the different kinds of birds and how they, um, they get their songs. And what I didn't know is that a lot of the times it's the male who sings, not the female. I did not know that either. I know, it's weird, right? You wouldn't but, think yeah. there are some species where both will sing, but um, they'll get their bird song, a couple of species directly from their fathers. Um, and uh. so they learn to sing from their fathers and they have regional dialects. Oh like the birds in my backyard will sound different from the birds at the state park yeah. I go to. It's similar, but they have a dialect. So it's like they have yeah. an accent and that's, awesome. that's how they establish their territories. And, and they have a specific um, structure in their throat. I think it's called a syrinx. I think that's how you say it. Um, <laughs> and we don't have these, but this is how they sing. And it's just, it's so fascinating. It's that just is amazingly so cool. fascinating. The, the, the male singing, I guess it kind of makes sense because in nature, it seems to be the male of every species is the colorful or is yes. the, the plumage one. So that I, I kind of see that connection in that as. But yeah, I didn't know that. I just thought they all sang, honestly. <laughs> yeah, well, and there are some, I can't remember which ones the females sing to, but in a lot of them, the passerine family, that's what they call it. Um, those are the the songbirds and it's the males. And with the plumage thing, that that same thing is true. Like a male cardinal is significantly brighter than a female. Um, blue jays are the same, like you can't tell them apart unless you do like a DNA test, but with a lot of them they're, Yeah. Oh no, I have one more thing. Is that okay? If I have one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is the last thing I promise. Woodpeckers. I freaking love woodpeckers. They are amazing. They have really cool feet. They're not like songbird feet. They have two toes in the front and two toes in the back so they can skitter up trees and they're I awesome. Love I love, I love woodpeckers. I so yeah. That. So we got we got hummingbirds, crows, mm-hmm. songbirds, honorable yeah. mention woodpeckers for your yeah. top for your top three highly birds. honorable <laughs> mention woodpeckers, and there's so I many different it. kinds of them. Uh, next next talk nerdy to me point is the desert island question. Now for your desert island question, I kind of did a little mix, a little little revamp to it. So if you could have zero repercussions, and you could create a bird gazebo on outside of your house (laughs) or sanctuary area what are some of the birds that you would put there oh my god Mm -hmm. but remember you do have to like keep up like you'll be the one that has to feed them take care of them but like there's gonna be no like attacks i don't know however how big you want it Okay, if I can make it as big as I want, then I'm making one that has several different ecosystems. Yes, love it. Go on. Oh, Lord, I would have so many. Those dang cedar wax wings that I'm really trying to find and haven't been able to yet. Prothonotary warblers that we only get in the summer. I love prothonotary warblers. What are, as as you're talking about this, what are the uh, different ecosystems that would be in in this sanctuary? Okay, I'd have like... I'd have a rainforest one so we could have the fancy hummingbirds, like the big ones down in Costa Rica. Um, and then probably, I can't remember where the waxwings and the prothonotaries go during the summer, but I think that they go down to Mexico. So probably like that same kind of rainforest. I'd also have a desert because one, actually, I think this might be my favorite bird. 
um, is a pyroloxia, which is very, it's in the same family as a cardinal. And they look like cardinals, but they're so much cooler. And they they live in the desert. They don't live over hmm. here. Um, so I'd have a desert. I would have the piney woods still, but that could just be my backyard. So that doesn't count. Um, oh, you know what else? In the desert, I would have my, uh, I'd have my stellar, or not stellar jays. I'd have, a, oh, I can't remember. There's a certain variety of jay, woodhouse scrub jay, um, and pinion jays. Those are amazing. They're blue too. So I'd have a desert area for those. I'd also probably have like some kind of boreal forest for the stellar jays and like maybe like, I don't think snowy owls migrate to boreal forest. I don't really know. I don't know a lot about the Northern birds, but I'd have a whole variety just so I, I could walk that. through and see whatever I wanted. And the rainforest would have a cock on the rock. Yeah. <laughs> At least five in yes. the rainforest section. Yes, you have five cocks in the rainforest section. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Otherwise, it. there's no point in going. I love it. That's a beautiful answer. Um, <laughs> the top event question, what is a bird that you wish you could see in person? I mean, there's probably so many, but like, what is your like top get right My, now? Okay. So one more plug for Merlin. <laughs> On Merlin, it connects to something called eBird, which is a self-reported um, like, like list for uh, Cornell. So it'll keep what they call a life list. Um, and so you can track what birds you've seen and when and stuff. And so the top of my life list birds is Paraloxia. I'd love mm. to see one in person. Love that. Um, so these do kind of go together. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about it, um, as we go through, but if you can kind of summarize, if someone wants to join in your nerdy obsession with birds, where should they start and where are the best places to find this bird knowledge slash where, you know, where can they plug in? The the best place is really just your backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where, you know, there and your local state parks or whatever. Um, those are really great resources. And a lot of state parks will have bird walks, especially during migration times, um, where you can go and see hundreds and hundreds of birds and they'll walk you through and they'll help you identify the bird songs and they'll help you see them, uh, cause they move fast. Um, and sometimes they're really difficult to see. And so state parks, um, your backyard using the Merlin app, those are my top two recommendations. Love that. Love that. Or and also just- your local Audubon society. Oh, Audubon Society? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then also just Google, as you've said. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, well, you've mentioned many of these, but what is another random fact that you love about oh birds? <laughs> another random fact. Shoot. <gasps> um, okay, so here's a random fact I yes. like. Um, I like the fact that their plumage will change. They don't always look the same. For example, goldfinches. We only get goldfinches here in the winter. And goldfinches, their plumage, if you've ever seen a goldfinch, they're American goldfinches, they're bright yellow with black tips on their feathers and I think on their tail, their plumage is significantly more subdued during the winter. But as it gets closer to spring, they will molt and get much brighter plumage for mating. And so a lot of these birds will molt. Like right now, cardinals are in molting phases. So if you see a cardinal with a bald head, he looks like a little bitty velociraptor. He's not sick. He's just getting his new feathers in. They look like hell, though, for a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> I love that. Um, if I like blank, then I will like birds. Like if I like macabre, I like Halloween or horror movies. If you like being made fun of, you will like birds. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you like hiking and being outdoors, you will like birding. Love that. Uh, last, last point here and talk nerdy to me. Um, I want you to talk to all the other bird nerds out there, all the birding nerds. And it's the if you know, you know section. So say 
what I mean, you filled this episode of if you know, you know, section with the <laughs> names of birds. But I want you to just talk to the birding community. And if you know, you know, say something to them. Okay, if you know, you know, you know that how irritating it is to hear a bird, try to spot it, you see it, try to get your binoculars on it. And by the time you do, it's gone. <laughs> I can know, imagine you know. that's so frustrating or like you see like the, the feather fly away probably that's probably <laughs> frustrating too yeah it's annoying as hell <laughs> well thank you so much Devin for this conversation oh, this has you. been lovely um, is there anything uh, that you want to plug uh, where can people find you if you want them to find you you can also just say no but anything you want to plug or say <laughs> uh, well I've, I've plugged my two favorite books here yes. and then my app and so yeah, I think I'm good. All right. Let's re, uh, refresh the app and the books that you want okay, to plug. Okay, so yeah, the yeah. app is called Merlin. Um, it's from the Cornell Ornithology Lab. And um, also going along with that one is called eBird. And again, that's the um, that's the reporting one. So you help Cornell keep a track of um, what birds are in the area. They'll do yearly events where you count your backyard birds, the nesting. and It's just a whole thing. I could go on for hours. Um, <laughs> and then uh, a book, it's called The Thing with Feathers. It's by Noah Stryker, I think is how you say his name. Absolutely amazing. Great storytelling and you learn so much. And then um, if you're interested in songbirds specifically, uh, this book is called The Singing Like Life of Birds by Donald Krudsma. So... Love, 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 love. Well, and thank you listeners for tuning in and learning more about birds with me on this episode of Your Nerdy Obsession. Um, as always, if you have things that you would like to add for next week's follow-up episode about birds, because we love sharing knowledge as well, you can email us at yournerdio at gmail.com or DM us on the socials. And remember to follow us while you're there, which is Your Nerdy O on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram, all of those fun stuff. Also remember to rate and review view us on the apple podcast and everywhere you listen but until then we'll talk to you later all right bye, bye. <laughs> oh that was so fun and thank you for being interested